Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And then it also just underscores the importance of an offensive coordinator, even though they won't be calling plays, just, again, help take a little bit off the plate and maybe make his job, again, a little easier where he has more time to go with the defense and the special teams, like I said, outside of just being solely solely in the offensive meetings. But Josh, let me just ask you this then. This guy popped up in my, in my head when, when, it was, uh, when the press conference is going on. Assuming, let's say assuming Gus Bradley's retained, having head coaching experience uh, on that side of the ball, does that make it easier where maybe you could not split it down the middle where you let Gus Bradley basically run the entire defense, you run the entire offense? Like not saying like that, but in a way, like does that make – Shane Steichen's job easier in the sense of, hey, Gus Bradley knows what it takes. He's basically the CEO of the defense. And while I won't, you know, won't totally ignore them, maybe I can spend less time on that side of the ball than I would if it was a first-time defensive coordinator or a first, you know, a guy with no head coaching experience. Like, let's just say, no, Jonathan Gannon just got hired. But let's say he was taking Jonathan Gannon with him to be the defensive coordinator. Like, in that instance where he has no head coaching experience, I just wonder if you're Shane Steichen now and also makes your transition easier where you can say, I trust Gus Bradley to where I don't have to be as dialed in on the defensive side of the ball because this is a guy who's been a coach for kind of knows how it works. I just I just wonder kind of going forward if that's you know kind of something we'll see in training camp OTAs and obviously in the season. Yeah, hundred percent. I think going back again to Frank Reich and his example, he let Matt Eberflus pretty much run the defense. You know, he was obviously he's involved. He was in uh, the meetings early in the week. Uh, if they played an opponent that he knew particularly well, he got a little more involved that week, you know, just letting them know, hey, this is what they like to do. You know, this is somebody I coached with before or a quarterback I had before or, you know, whatever that case may be, uh, where you have those kind of relationships. He's going to get involved and in, in, in be more involved in those weeks. But for the most part, it was Matt Eberflus's defense. You know, he ran that side of the ball. I would expect that'll be the case here. And like you said, Gus has run an, an entire team before. So I think you're going to feel more comfortable with him kind of taking control of that defense, running that side of the ball, having things, you know, at least not every question has to come across your desk. You're going to obviously clear things. You're going to be involved in the game plan. It's not like you're just going to, like you said, split it right down the middle and he's not going to have any idea what's happening on the defensive side, but you're not going to have to worry about that as much. You can you can work with the offense, you know, work with that game plan. And, and go forward from there. What I'm interested in is, you know, who's he going to hire offense coordinator, offensive line coach, QB coach, wide receivers, running backs, because that Frank Reich style that Doug Peterson does in, in Jacksonville that I'm sure Nick Sirianni continued in Philadelphia. It's so collaborative. So even though you've got Shane Sykin calling the plays on game day, that game plan was put together by the entire staff during the week. So I think those guys are going to be, really important hires. And I think having somebody on the defensive side who can kind of just do that on his own, helps those offensive coaches, you know, huddle, 
make that that much stronger for them. Right. Give more free time and allow, just like I said, even that, you know, just the, the flow of information, the flow of discussion, just to, you know, kind of, you know, figure out extra, you know, game plans or, or bring a little more creativity. And like I said, kind of constantly being bogged down by trying to answer a million questions and kind of going through, you know, the grind and the responsibility that a lot of head coaches are, uh, are faced with, especially for the first time um, as head coach. I want to, what I found was interesting too uh, from this press conference, George, was Jim Mersey making it seem like this was a coveted job. One of the things we talked about heading to the offseason, but really ever since Jeff Saturday was hired, was how the Colts are going to be perceived by the rest of the league. Would this be an attractive job? We know the five jobs that were out there. Would the Colts be like number five on that list? And I think when you see the, the candidates of 13, and you hear kind of, you know, when you see how long it takes when you have so many still coaches interested where you have, you know, you go from 13 to eight and, you know, taking three or four weeks, a lot of people seeming like one in this job. I think at least I'll speak for myself. I was wrong when it comes to how this coach job would be perceived. I think Shane second, you know, hearing his emotion, hearing his, his joy uh, for how, you know, for how little, you know, how little joy it seeming he can kind of release. He's more of a serious, you know, serious demeanor, how, you know, he kind of sets a little bit of joy there getting the job. If like this Colts job was definitely more coveted, more valued than maybe I would have thought, or I did think going into the search after the season was over. Oh yeah. You know, Chris Boward, he, he's known for like his relationship with the media and, and, and how he deals with, he is not afraid to rebuff us when he gets a chance. He, he, he revels in that. And, and he did kind of take that little shot uh, during the press conference today saying, even though he had heard a lot that the job was, was not as desirable as it used to be. Uh, that didn't turn out to be the case with the candidates. You know, look, they, they, they had a good list. We talked about that throughout the last six weeks uh, that there were a lot of guys on there that we felt like could, could be good head coaches. And ultimately we said all along, really doesn't matter what the process is really doesn't matter who wants it or doesn't want it, it matters where you end up. And I think right. you feel pretty good about Shane Sykin being the, the ultimate uh, winner of, of, of this sweepstakes, you know, um, I think he's a guy that was clearly on the rise, really smart offensive mind, uh, fits in with the way the league's kind of going lately. Uh, I feel good about where this process ended, and, and that ultimately makes me feel good about the process and about how desirable the job was. You know, it, I think we'd be having a different conversation right now if it ended in a different direction. Absolutely. And again, you look to like, you look at the questions where you look at Shane Sykin, who is a guy that was in demand. You just went to the Super Bowl. If he truly wanted to be picky, he could have easily waited another year. Maybe see what happens with the Chargers or you know any other job that opens up that has you know an established quarter. Like like the fact that he took a job in the Colts where we think they're ninety nine percent sure they're going to draft a quarterback. We don't know who though. Will they trade up? We're not sure. So you're sitting there at four in a good spot, but you don't know who the quarterback is going to be. You just had your owner embarrass himself and embarrass the franchise the last two months of the regular season. Like there's a lot of reasons for a guy in demand to say, eh, I'm good. I'm going to stay where I am right now, continue to build my stock, or try to go somewhere else. Um, and, and instead he said, I want to be with the Colts. So he goes to the process. And I think that does speak volumes and does at least make me feel better going forward about the state of the Colts. And you hear Jim Mercer also talk about how he feels like this team is not that far away roster-wise. I don't like. I don't think he's crazy. Now we also got to say, what does that mean, right? Like not far, not that far away. I would not say Super Bowl contention. I would say not that far away from playoff contention. I don't think that's crazy right. from competing in the division for AC South title. I don't think they're that far away. 
roster wise? No, you got to fix the offense. I mean, it's such a simple and obvious thing to say, but that that's how far away you are. You get the right quarterback in here. You get the offensive line back playing at the level we know it's capable of, and you get a healthy Jonathan Taylor, and you'll see them be in playoff contention. I, I think that's really what it takes. Um, the other thing I thought that, that was interesting, maybe it's just because of my question, but, you know, at some point during that, that long press conference, Shane said, I didn't hear one bad thing about this organization. The people that I talked to did a lot of research. He obviously had a lot of coaches that he was working with who had been here. Uh, Philip Rivers, he had obviously been talking to. There's a couple of players on the Eagles who were here. He said he didn't hear one bad thing about the organization. I think that goes back to your whole point here originally, which is, you know, is the job going to be coveted? Well, if there was one guy, and we said it early on, who might be affected by all that, it would be Shane Sykin because of his relationship with Nick Sirianni, because of his relationship with Frank Reich. If there was one guy who was going to say, hey, I got a little bit of a circus over there, and I don't know if I want to be a part of that, he would have been at the very top of that list. So for him to ultimately get this job, it says, A, he really liked what he heard, which means that it wasn't damaging even to the people involved, and B, it means that Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard were willing to go back to a well that they'd, they'd gone to before. Now, Ballard you know, made a point of differentiating that and saying, look, you know, it, it's a different or Eagles organization. It's not exactly the same thing as what happened last time, but there's no doubt there's similarities. And, and, and we've already seen some of them. I think we'll see more. The point is, this was a guy who was in position to know all the dirty details, to yes. know every skeleton in the closet. And he still took the job. That's a good sign to me. Oh, absolutely. And that's that's why I think his hire of, you know, him specifically and what he knows and who he knows more than anything else kind of does kind of highlight the, you know, that the Colts are in better standing across the league than I really assumed that they would be. Again, considering the, the circus that has gone on the last two months. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And hearing just kind of Jim say anytime he speaks, just kind of put his foot in his mouth and really kind of put this team in a, in a tough spot, put the fans in a tough spot. It is, it is relieving to know kind of going forward here, like I said, that at least the either the noise or maybe it's not, you know, within the coaching circle, it's definitely nowhere near as bad and as, as dire as maybe we thought it was uh, publicly, that's for sure. All right, let's kind of wrap up, George. You were in the building, in the room. Kind of what was your sense? What was your overall takeaway from, from Shane Sykin's press conference here? What's kind of your initial feel from the new Colts head coach? There's a lot of positive energy in that room. There's a lot of excitement. I mean, they played a little video beforehand. I don't know if that went out on the stream. Uh, it's sort of a highlight-type video. Had a lot of media clips from the last weekend, you know, as, as the news was being announced. Even had a little viral clip from Steichen himself in there uh, talking about championships. And, you know, it, it was – it just felt like similar to when Matt Ryan came in last year. And I know ultimately the end – was not what anybody wanted, and and that's why these moments, you know, they're they're worth what they're worth, you know, in this moment in time. But even then, it felt like okay, it was a long search, but you landed a guy that you wanted. There was a lot of positive energy in that room, uh, very similar today. Where I just think you could tell again. I to, to me, the biggest takeaway 
all three of those guys were happy. They were smiling. They were, you know, shaking hands. It didn't feel fake. It felt very genuine. You know, I, I think everybody was on the same page again. And that's what did we say for six weeks? Get the circus out of town. That's the number yes. one. Thing. The new coach has to come in and get the circus. The tents need to be packed up. The elephants are gone. The train is left down before that rookie quarterback walks in the building. And I, I felt like that happened today. I'm with you. Like I said, I think it's you kind of felt a unison, which is good. Um, I really like the fact that again, you have and now a head coach that not the, I think it's just is understanding of what wins in 2023 um mm -hmm. and is going to bring that kind of philosophy to the Colts where again it doesn't it's all week by week kind of again where it, it's whatever you can do to get the best possible matchup in your uh, against the team that you're playing. That's to me, that's how you win in 2022 or 2023. Now I should say going forward here. Um, I like the fact that I like that, the, you know, they're all kind of on the same page. I like the fact that it seemingly he loves Bryce Young. Maybe that was my biggest and most, you know, exciting takeaway is the fact that him and at least Jim Mersey will say are in agreement of maybe who the best quarterback is in this draft for sure. Um, and it just sounds like, again, like the thing I guess I like the most, maybe I'll say is this. He didn't win the press conference, which I weirdly, as weird as that sounds, I kind of like. Like, there was no really sexy headline. There was no quote that was just kind of like, hey, you know, we're going to clean the, you know, like, you hear a lot of positivity anytime, basically 99% of head coach uh, press conferences. But the fact that there really wasn't anything that was just kind of like one of those clickbaity, cliche things, like, I just kind of like that he was kind of real. He didn't really give, like, you know, he was specific in some answers, didn't give a lot of other answers. Just he seemed to me, I guess, very down to business, which mm -hmm. not saying that Frank Reich was not and not saying that other coaches there were not, but just it's nice to see that this guy is serious and just goes, I'm just going to care about whatever it takes to win. And that means basically I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say things I don't believe or I'm not going to say things just to get a good reaction on day number one. I just, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to believe. And that to me, I found refreshing. Yeah, no kneecaps were being bitten. Right. There were no, no, like I said, there, no long stories about planting flowers and whatever that was that Nick Sirianni was talking about uh, when he took over in Philly. It, it was just a normal press conference, which honestly, I'll be quite honest. After the way the season ended, the last two months of the season, normal was really good. It was really nice to walk in and just have a normal average press conference where you just say, hey, this is why we hired the guy. This is why we like him. And he says, hey, I'm happy to be here. Uh, it was nice just to have some normalcy again. I would agree. I would agree with that. The bar was set very low uh, considering how these last few months have been. So, so far, so good, George. The Colts have found their next head coach in Shane Steichen. Next thing will be getting a staff in order. And then you would assume draft prep is starting. The combine's coming to town very soon here. So, Things are going to really, really, really pick up quickly. So very excited about that and very excited to kind of see how the Colts get ready to shape their roster now in the eye of their new head coach is also part of the relief of finally getting the guys. Now we can, all right, now we can finally see what roster decisions make sense, who's going to fit where, who does, you know, who, who can fit this system and this scheme. So a lot of information now will start to stream and we'll start to get an idea of what this Colts roster will look like for the 2023 season. And that thankfully started on Tuesday with the announcement, the official announcement of Shane Sykin as ex Colts head coach. So very exciting day. Uh, very exciting podcast for sure. I will say this is the podcast. I haven't been this excited for a podcast, George. I will probably say since the week three win of the chiefs. And that's not to say we're dreading any other podcast. I do love talking about this. 
But the fact is the Colts have not given you a lot of reasons really this season to be excited to talk about them. It's not exactly fun to talk about them blowing a 33-0 lead. I will say it was a little bit of fun week 18 when they blew that game to the Texans and helped get the, you know, knock them out of the number one overall pick and open up the door for them trading up to number one. That was that was exciting. That was fun. But otherwise, just pure joy from something good happening to the team. I think it's really since week three when they beat the Chiefs, surprisingly, made the big, you know, easily the biggest surprise of the season. Well, actually, I don't know about that. That's that's a stretch because there's a lot more surprise after that, but maybe the biggest surprise in a positive way, we'll say that. <laughs> Uh, so this was, this was a fun pod. This is nice, George. I feel like for the first time in months, talk about this team in a way that actually is positive and we can actually see a direction going forward here that you actually can kind of start to believe and feel good about compared to again, the last few months. Yeah. Bright and sunny. Uh, everything's well, it's not sunny in Indy today. You can probably see that through my windows. Uh, but it's, it was sunny inside the building. And I think that was really important part of this. It just, Changing the mindset. I think that's a very important thing. You know, you can start to be a little bit more optimistic. Uh, and now we can focus on the real important thing this offseason. Who's the next quarterback going to be? That's right. We can resume the draft talk, which you know we will definitely be doing here in the next episode. So that will do it for this episode of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. We'll have a special edition on Thursdays. Make sure you stay tuned. That'll be a little bit different than some previous pods we have done. So we'll be back on Thursday right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.